this. Welcome to Spiritist Conversations number 40. I think that's the number, right? We believe so. We believe so. A show where we sit down with friends, literally today, to talk about the world through an informal, unscripted, and unplugged way. And I am Dan, we have Flavio, we have Susanna, and we have our friend Edward here today, and we're going to introduce him in a little bit. But before we do that, we just want to go back a little bit to our origin story, because today, as you can see, if you're watching us, we are winging this, as we often do. But why are we doing that? I was going to say, what changed? <laughs> so we always do it. So, but the reason why we're doing this is here. Is because we are from we are in Atlanta, Georgia, right now, where everything started exactly seven years ago. The whole universe started seven years ago. Our universe, our universe, our universe, or the universe of spiritist conversations started here in Atlanta, Georgia, seven years ago. What do we remember from that day? We were in a much better place than this. Yeah. We had a table. That is true. We had chairs, uh -huh. and uh, now we're just winging it. Today, we don't have chairs or tables. We're, couch. we're just couches and a chair for our friend Edward. And uh, yeah, here we are. Into that room and start talking about something. Let's talk about spiritism. And then all of a sudden, why don't we make this a podcast? Yeah. Daniel accosted yeah, no you guys. Podcast no, no. Sorry. Yeah. Why don't we make it to a conversation? A conversation. Yeah. Like, oh, podcast came podcast was just starting back then, I think. No, okay. I don't think so. And the reason why was because... Whenever we met at different conferences, we would end up chatting afterwards and have so much fun. So I decided to buy a microphone, which I had never really used before. We brought it, took it in the computer. We recorded our first episode because you guys couldn't run away from that room, I think. Yeah. I think I kind of like locked us in or something. You guys were so nice about it. And I also remember this. We recorded a whole hour of the thing. Only to find out that it did not record. It did not record. So we had to do everything again. Again. Oh, then I remember. That you remember? Then I remember, yes. Oh, you ever you remember every word, I'm sure. <laughs> if you ever listen to episode number one, um, just let you know that the first pass was way better than the second pass that we did, which you, you only listened. Amateurs. I can't believe that. But what I think is really exciting and I'm thankful for, um, obviously, I'm very thankful to making new friends along the way, like Edward today. We're going to introduce him in a little bit. But I'm also very thankful to Flavio and Susanna, who have agreed to embark on this crazy journey when we do this podcast that became later video. Um, and it has had over 40,000 plays at this point in time, which is pretty cool. Almost 50,000, yeah? Yeah, I think so. You know, I got to look at the numbers. But um, clearly, you can do that. You can see that we don't do a great job of promoting <laughs> this thing or keeping track of how far we get. But we do have tons of fun. And so thank you, Flavio and Susanna, for for agreeing to, to learn with me, to teach me, to share your perspectives on things. And it's been seven years. It's kind of crazy. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. We never... I think pot that would go that far no. that we would keep doing for so many years. And thank you for buying the microphone. Yeah, you know, funny enough, it, it was made just, it all possible. Yeah, and you know, had I known, I would have borrowed one of Flavio's microphones because I think he had the same microphone that I bought. Yeah, right? the Yeti, right? It was a Yeti. Yeah, I think it was one yeah. of those. But uh, but anyways, the the premise has not changed, and the idea is we sit down with friends, really. In an unplugged way, with no preconceived 
like speech or talk or points. And we just share with each other our perspectives on a particular topic. It's almost like having a conversation at a, you know, at a restaurant or running each other down the middle of the street, grab a cup of coffee and then mm -hmm. ended up talking, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, that's why we call us Spiritus Conversations because I don't know if you remember this, no. but people would sometimes after our sessions come back and say, hey, like, you know, from the audience, are you guys going to have the conversation again? <laughs> right? And so we're like, hold on a second. If they're asking where we're going to be, should, like, you know, maybe we record this. Maybe there's more people who actually want to listen to it, right? And we were very original with our names, you can tell. Yeah. The marketing department really was, you know, at work. MIA. Experience this conversation. The marketing department did not exist. <laughs> Still doesn't exist, by the way. They had a low budget, sir. If you're watching us, very low budget. But we know that's not what matters at the end of the day. It's really uh, the opportunity to be together and engage with topics that um, could benefit from a spiritual perspective. And along the way, make new friends. Speaking yeah. of new friends, Edward Christie. Hello. I'm glad welcome, to welcome, to, welcome to our family. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here in, in Atlanta again for another conference. And today I had the pleasure of hearing Susanna and Flavio and Edward speak. And by the way, um, he's going to share that with you, but Edward is also a fantastic piano player and musician. Um, and we had a lovely time and really harkened back to the beginning. But Edward, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background for folks who are watching and or listening to us. Well, how far do you want me to go back? <laughs> Only <laughs> since you were born. <laughs> since you were born. Um, well, I met uh, Sonia, my wife, and she was the one who introduced me to spiritism, and I really took to it. And I've been so we've been studying together from well, we've married 26 years now, so it's more like uh, 28 years that I've been studying with her. And uh, yeah, and we were lucky to find an English language spiritist center in New York, and there are a number of them actually now. So that that's that's been a great thing. Mm -hmm. uh, there and and in New York, there there are actually a number of them that are exclusively English English mm -hmm. speaking, which is really nice. There's a lot of outreach there, and uh, people really dedicated. I, I, I really all I can say is I really took to the whole idea of spiritism, and it's a topic of conversation in our house. We we open up the books, we find things to talk about uh, over breakfast, coffee, and things. So it, it, we keep it alive very, very much in the house. Wonderful. Which group do you, uh, are you part in New York? Um, right now, I'm a part of IESS, the Inner Enlightenment Spirit Society. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we run the Joanna Giangelis study, which is a weekly study that we do. There. So right now we're studying the Psychology of Gratitude book. Fantastic. And yeah. It's a wonderful book. We've gone through the existential conflicts. Uh, and, and what was, I'm going to try to remember the other one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so long ago now. Yeah. And the spirit, Durana Jangelis, is an incredible spirit who has a wonderful books and teachings generally centered around psychology. Right. Eventually, we have in our, in our plan to do an episode on her so that folks can have some context. But um, it's really deep work. Yes. And especially the psychology of gratitude, there's, we, we had to learn a lot about Carl Jung and all of his ideas in order to 
to really understand. Of course, we're all amateurs at it, which is good because <laughs> the pressure isn't on um, for us to learn. So we all learn together, and uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun for that reason. Fun, maybe it's the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> rewarding, <perhaps>. rewarding. I <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right, and and thanks for joining us because we might need a little bit of that psychological insight to make sense of these difficult times that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, we were chatting beforehand. What should we talk about today? And <clears throat> I think episode forty is about war because we know that we have these challenges going on around the globe. Just a couple of days ago, we also have the situation with Hamas in the Gaza Strip and Israel, and everybody's really concerned about that on top of the Ukraine and all the different things that are happening in Africa. So, you know, we figured that we could probably name this, we'll figure it out, but maybe we name this one war was what, why, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Do we even need it? Do we even need it? Right. So we maybe want to talk a little bit about, hey, What's this war stuff? Why are we seeing it now? And how do we navigate that stuff? Anybody want to jump in? Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Sounds all right. I oh, no, please go ahead. No, one of the things that uh, that surprised me as I was reading was the idea that um, the well, in this case, it was Israel wanting to totally destroy. Hamas, which, uh, and I thought, how do you destroy an idea? I mean, you're destroying people hoping that no one will be around that has those ideas anymore. And you see this, you saw this after 9-11 was mm -hmm. the same. Um, you see these same ideas repeating. And, uh, you know, you, you can't kill an idea, really. It just gets passed from one generation to another. And so there's a lot of stuff we talk about Joanna Giangelis. There's a lot in the collective shadow okay. that people are working out. Um, certainly that, that area of the world has been under conflict for centuries, for ages. Thousands of years. And there's something being worked out there. Uh, whatever. Well, we could speculate on what that is. But there is definitely something being worked out there. And, and the idea of just destroying... And hoping that that's going to solve the problem doesn't seem, seems to be misguided to me. Sure, sighted to say <clears throat> the least. Right. That's what we've been doing forever, right? As a, as a humanity. I mean, the trick now is that you have a state fighting a non-state, hmm. right? So, you know, Hamas is not even a country. Nope. So it becomes really persnickety, this idea that you can win a war against somebody who is not even officially recognized as a government state piece, right? So, but I think my point is war evolves and no matter what we throw at it, it still comes back because there's something else that's being worked out that we haven't quite figured out. And, and it seems like these are moments where things are bubbling up everywhere. Right. Yeah. But I think if, if you look at it's, it's, I do you guys think that whoever be able to understand what goes on in, for example, in that in conflict in that location, that part of the world, or even between Russia and Ukraine, and we're so far removed from that, but all of a sudden, 
if you look at everybody, all of a sudden everybody became war, you know, experts, experts. Yeah. Yeah. or Ukraine experts or Russia experts or, you know, why are we doing this as a society? Why, why is that happening? Yeah. And I think, I think to your point, uh, Flavio, we, we, you know, as disparages, um, because today we are talking about these more recent wars, but war has been going on, right? So I don't think our intent today is to narrow, zoom in into a war, but I think it's to recognize that the world has been in a state of war. There are many wars going on, sometimes wars that don't get as much uh, time on TV. And I think recognize that the way we receive the news is always one narrow bias, yeah, bias um, approach to things, and we have jumped into conclusions and, as you said, become experts and giving sentences and making judgments. And in ways, as we do that with the war and with anything and everything the realization that we are not necessarily helping to change the state of things. Because every time that you are biased towards one side or another, I think you lose sight of empathy and seeing everyone as human beings. You use a very uh, strong and important word, Susanna, empathy. Empathy only works if it's present on both sides. You cannot, you cannot be empathetic only with one part of the world. You have to be empathetic with the entire world. How do we do that yeah. as spiritists? How do we get there? And I think there's also a distinction, right? I think that we can still say that specific actions, whatever they are, because we're not talking about specific actions, they might be perhaps not as right or wrong in others, right? I have two kids, for instance. I love both the same. And sometimes one of them beats the other one up, right? Or does something, mm -hmm. and that's wrong. But doesn't mean that I am going to just focus on that action and say that's a bad kid. I think that what I really like about what you're saying, Susanna, is sure, regardless of who started it or who's at fault for that particular reason, there is an underlying tension and challenges that we have not been able to resolve. And whether you call that arrogance or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, you can say, like, we're going to go physical on this thing because I am not going to yield. I'm right. You're wrong, and I'm just going to go over you. Because I'm more powerful human, than you are. That's a very human thing, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to let our fighting do the talking because we cannot agree. Or I think, just, or maybe I just simply think that I don't even want to talk to you because I think I'm stronger. I'm just going to pummel you and, and, and do it, right? But that behavior is, I think, is the challenging piece, right? Because earlier today, we were having a conversation as well, mm -hmm. and we were equating, and I think maybe we can pick that up, is that that kind of thinking that we see out in the world and we think it's like Ukraine and Russia and Palestine and Israel. Yes, that too. But that also happens in our homes, right? That also happens in our streets and our neighbors. Mm -hmm. So we have this inability to figure things out that escalates, right? Either to a fist fight in your neighborhood or, you know, slaps in your house or, or, or hurtful words in your house to missiles and airplanes in countries. And, and that is the difficult piece, right? Sometimes that we don't see that we are, we're feeding this kind of thought process uh, and that we need to change that. 
How do we change that? What's the mechanism that's going to allow us to change that common thought? I have a, I have an idea. Go on. Imagine, imagine. He has an idea. Yes. For, for once. He's going to stop playing devil's advocate. <laughs> if you follow us, you're going to see that I always play devil's advocate in some of the comments. But now let me just throw my first idea. And if you don't follow us, why not? Exactly. You're missing out. Hit You're totally missing out. Button on YouTube. Um, do the podcasting on whatever podcast. Yeah, subscribe to your whatever podcast uh, tool that you use. SoundCloud. We're available in every single you know form. But what I was going to say is, thanks to spiritism, we have knowledge about reincarnation. So everything that we do, there's a consequence. Correct? Yeah. We'll be, without making any predictions, but... If those actions are causing harm on others, we're responsible for those actions. How are we going to fix those actions or repent and correct those actions in the future? So it's very likely that in this life, I'm born in one location of the world. In the next life, I may be born in a different place or different part of the world. But imagine if I am in conflict or I was in conflict with that part of the world, then I'll be born in the next life. And regardless of whether you're born, right, and the, the, the whole thing of, like, you started it, it's not an argument, right? It's a very juvenile thing. Right. Well, I beat Susanna up, but she started it, right? And, like, at what point does it also stop, right? Who's, who's going to be the, the adult in the room and say, yeah, what you did wasn't great, but I'm not going to come back and pummel you? And I think that this is very, you know, I want folks to hear that I get that it's very hard for us to understand that at a national level, right? Because there's pride and there is a fear, safety, and all those things coming to place. But at some point in time, as a, as a race, right, as humanity, we've got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. For me, Flavio, I agree with you. I think that reincarnation is the thing that at least helps me like figure things out a little bit. Because if we don't solve this now, we're going to have to come back and, and do and do Exactly. It. And I think, I got a hunch that we've been doing this for a couple of centuries. Right? So one part, we're in this part of the, uh, the, the conflict. Another part, we're in that part of the conflict. Or in this life from here, that life from there. So why do I right, make sense of it? How do I make sense of it? So we have to, um, and this is a, an incredible opportunity for us to... For us who consider ourselves Christians, right, to ask, what is it that we have learned from the gospel, from the way Jesus um, acted while he was uh, with us, that we can take home and we can uh, put into practice? So it's just very incredible and challenging that he came to take love to another level when he invited us to love our enemies. And in the gospel is very clear because it says it doesn't mean you're going to bring the enemy into your house. Home, yeah. But it means that you are not going, you're going to refrain yourself from harming. From enemy, retaliation. From retaliation. And so how can we point fingers and blame and accuse governments and countries when going back to what Dan said, in our own homes, in our daily lives, we continue to embrace the law 
the old law of an eye for an eye, right? So it is exactly, we are being invited to be so disgusted by the, the, current. the current situation that it's almost like the, the life is telling us, hey, can you realize that this way of living where we are nurturing and feeding hate will just lead to the destruction of everyone. It's not bringing any good. So we are actually invited to, to grow up, to leave those teenagers ears and to understand that we need, at some point, one sign needs to rise above, needs to introduce something different. We are being invited to be the, the, the end of this vicious cycle of hatred, mm -hmm. of retaliation, of an eye for an eye. And this invitation has been over there for us for over 2,000 years. And again, I think we need to take individual responsibility for yes. what is happening in the world. See, the thing is that it's not a Palestinian or Israelian or Russian or Ukraine. It's everyone's problem. It's everyone's business. And we need to take personal responsibility for what is happening by you know, making a difference in our day-to-day -day lives. Yes, because we seem He's to forget this. lighting right now. Yes, yeah, like I'm getting the light. The you feel it? Are you praying over there? I'm getting the light. The, uh, yes. yes. I feel it. I can feel yeah. it. I'm going to set you It's up coming first. down. I'm going to set you up for a second. It's coming. But now, now I'm going to play my role that I play all the time. Yes. But hold on. Before you do that, really quick. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I want to say, say I want to say yes to all she said. And I think the point is, we fantasize this idea that countries fight countries, right? But it's really people. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's somebody with a certain mentality and a mindset that came to power within that country or a group of people, and they have carried out their personal agendas of, 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 of dealing with the world into the national level. And because they have that platform, they took that action. So I think that we feel like these are complex things, but it's people deciding to have wars on behalf of their countries with other people. So if we can work on people, and I'm, I'm going to be a little bit jaded here and say, you know, the people who are in power right now, we're not fixing those people. It's not going to happen. But can we work on our kids? Can we work on ourselves mm -hmm. so that we know how to deal with conflict? We are more accepting so that we can figure our stuff out before we get into levels of power, right, where... We are just repeating the cycle that we see now. I think be, even before dealing with conflict, I think what we can do as parents is teaching our kids to look at the differences, embrace those differences, and not look at those differences from a many cases, you know, a perspective that if it's not like me, therefore it must be wrong. Because there's so much, so many differences out there in the world that if we embrace inclusion since early ages, mm -hmm. there's so many pictures I've seen, one that really touched me a lot, was a picture of two kids, two boys, one Palestinian, one Israeli. You can see from their heads, yeah. hugging each other. Mm -hmm. They're back. You can only see their backs. Because kids, they don't have an issue with each other. And that's learned behavior, they, right? It's a learned behavior. It's a taught behavior, learned behavior that happens afterwards. But if we teach our kids to be strong, to embrace differences, right? To go out there and help each other, Hopefully, the whole future of our world will be a different place. Yeah, but that requires for the parents to have that awareness. Mm -hmm. Because uh, 
there's a saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if in the house, just among family members or neighbors or who you work with, you're fighting. Right. That is that's that it's an indication. Yeah. It won't it won't be contained within the house. It it will leak out to everything. And that brings um the topic of the importance of family. Yes. As a, as a primary cell of society where you know we need to because we're always seeking for short term solution, but when it comes to that I think there's only long-term solution, and long-term solution is the education of the soul. Right. Is the yeah. introduction of the the concepts of the gospel, of the concepts of immortality. So we really have to alphabetize our our uh, humanity here on this planet. We have to um, again. Uh, ourselves as adults, our children, the more that we can become true immortalists, in yes. other words, bring immortality to yeah. anything and everything that we do, that's a long-term solution because when we are truly under the immortalist paradigm, things change. Things change. Things change, right? Because war makes sense from a materialist perspective, right. right? Because I go over there and I kill you and I think it's over. Yeah. Right? From a materialistic perspective, I think I won and I solved the problem. Little do we know. Little do we know, or actually lot do we know, right? <laughs> Nowadays, well, after 160 years, for instance, of spiritism, where we have been learning about mediumship and the interchange between worlds, which has always taken place. But with the mediums book, we got more like a treatise that's more democratic. Anybody can learn about mediumship if they want to. From that, we know that we go on. I think it's very more to this point. And if you go on, if I go on, when I kill you, our troubles are not over. Right? So are you, are you suggesting we have the intelligence to create, you know, weapons and all those things? We have the emotional intelligence to control our actions, but are we missing a spiritual intelligence? Well, you know, I would say, I, I think that's a beautiful distinction you make, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, hey, I don't know, the jury is out on just the emotional intelligence. I don't think we can control our actions. Maybe emotional intelligence are not there yet. Yeah. But I mean, if we take this to the next level, in a way that, hey, you can kill your enemy now, but maybe next, you're going to go back as the enemy. Well, yeah, but and the thing that's my point is, would we behave this way if I knew, like, I'm going to pick up poor Edward. Like, if I go and kill Edward, right? But would I do that if I knew that once he is, his physical body's dead, he may come after me in the spiritual world, or he may reincarnate. Like, would I think twice? Is that a strong enough reason for me to start to double think and say, you know what, this whole killing thing, it is not the thing gonna work to this problem because I might kill you now, but then you can come back and, um, you know, kind of try to kill me next time or yeah. try to harm me from the other side kind of thing, right? We know this happens, topic for another conversation. But I wonder if that is enough. And that's the beginning of. You know what? This, uh, it, I think it's the beginning. We, we can't do this because it never ends. It never ends. It never ends. Yeah, I think it's the beginning. Then awareness of the spiritual, you know, beings that we are. We're not. We're not physical beings with a spirit. We're spiritual beings in a body, in a physical body. Right. That means I'm in this body right now. In the next life, I'm in a different body, or even be, be in between lives that I have no physical body per se. 
I'm still in contact with you, with you and anybody else. Yeah, exactly. There's still the connections, emotional connections, affinity and whatnot. So killing is not a solution. War is never the solution. Well, as Daniel says, um, you know, that, that is the lowest level of what you're suggesting. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to suffer in the end. So what you're doing is uh, operating from fear, which is something. It's, it's the beginning <laughs> of something, right? It's the lowest level. Yeah. You know, the, the highest would be love. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't kill this person because I see their value. I see them as a child of God, but we probably can't do that. Yeah. At, at our level of selfishness, we're still we're very much worried about yeah. what's in it for me. Right. And the thou shall not kill, right, is the beginning because thou shalt get in trouble. Right. Is the beginning yep. of if you're not here yet, all the way to the top, if you don't have that empathy yet, you've got to to start at the at the lowest level. Right. right? And I think what Susanna said was reminding me, uh because we're both talking about family and being a parent is a mission. Our mission for most of us certainly here is is not to resolve the issue in the Ukraine or in the Gaza Strip or anything like that. Our, our mission is as parents and to teach our children um, a different way. It, it, yes. So, you know, we can we can make our focus. We can have an opinion about what goes on in the world and forget <laughs> what we're what we're really meant to do here. Uh, to, to resolve, to, to fulfill our, our mission as a path. Well, now that we solved the world's problems. We just did. I just want to, um, before <clears throat> coming to the final solution, uh, go on <laughs> on uh, what you were saying and bring one more aspect, because I do think that um, the understanding that, you know, not only life does not end, but all the repercussions that come with uh, healing or suicide and, and, and things like that, um, you know, operating from a place of uh, fear and, and understanding, I think there's more. And, and I, like you're saying, um, love, right? I think that we have to really commit ourselves to learn to love. And learn to love, by that I mean, that we are still loving the ones who think are like exactly us, like just us. like us. Yeah. And so I like the idea of respect being love with work, associated with work. In other words, you think differently than me. We may not agree, but the fact that you think differently or perhaps you behave differently does not diminish you. You remain someone who is worth it. Worthy of belonging, worthy of, of love, of recognition, of being seen, right? So a lot of times we'll say to someone, oh yeah, I, I, I respect you. But deep inside, deep inside the feeling is, well, but... Well, yeah, you, not go ahead. Yeah. yeah. But, you, know, you don't know any better and I'm better than you. Right. That oh, yeah. feeling. And, so, yeah. you know, that is... So that is something very basic because... The, the consequences, the way that this unfolds is um, when people feel that they are not value as human beings, you know, a lot of times what triggers and generates aggression and hostility is shame. People feel deeply humiliated 
And that is a lot of times what's going to bring that anger, destructive anger, because they can bear. They cannot bear the feeling of mm. being so diminished. Oppressed. You know? Yeah. So I think that here lies the incredible spiritual work challenge ahead of us as humanity, you know, to really invest. And again, going back, this starts within our homes because a lot of times education is done through humiliation. Mm -hmm. Right. Our yeah. kids are humiliated in the way we speak to them, in the way we address them. So it's it's just uh, yeah. It feels a little bit overwhelming right now as I'm speaking. It does help me out. It does right. And I would say <laughs> even before shame, I think there's tons of flavorings from insecurity, right? Uh -huh. Because we are all insecure. We're all like not completely sure of our abilities and our worth in the world. We all have our moments where we, we, we hesitate, we question, we wonder if we're enough, we're doing the right thing, right? And then when the other who may be distant from us comes and for their own reasons, tries to assert their, their knowledge because they want to feel good about themselves and they don't know how to do it other than putting somebody else down, mm -hmm. right? Because then they feel like they're actually not, not bad. They're okay, right? Uh, then it all starts and shame kicks in and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I also want to acknowledge that we are going to have those feelings sometimes and those thoughts, and I'm going to ju judge you, right? And say, I know, I know better than you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, have the decency to swallow it up right. and be a good human being and say, I'm thinking about that, but I'm not going to act on that. Right. Until we not get to a point where I can work on no longer having those feelings. Sure. But but it's like, we're going to have those feelings, but at the very least, from a social perspective, we got to make sure that we're not acting right. on those feelings, mm -hmm. right? Because I think that we're still far away from, from being a place where we truly have the empathy that we talked about that you were yep. mentioning. That is true. Right? That is but, so true. but I think that the shame piece, like you say, is really important because we also have to ask ourselves, why? Why should I be shameful about this, right? Mm -hmm. Why does it matter what other people think? So there's all things that we can unpack from 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 the piece, but there's a lot of separate. There's a lot. There's a lot of outer work to be done, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of inner work. There you go. Right. I, uh, outer work. More more for the. I actually saw a quote from your wife, Nicole. If you're watching us, hello. <laughs> that uh, she wrote on uh, social media. Uh, we cannot compete because I want you to succeed. Yeah, yeah. The so moment we want, the moment we want everybody to succeed, not only ourselves. I think it's the start of the of the of the, of the change. A rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yeah, it's a win-win situation, which goes to the scarcity thing that you know you're talking about earlier right. today, Susanna. We have this idea that there's only a limited amount of goodness or some, whatever it is out there, and then we've got to fight for each other with each other for that. But the truth is, you know, we can always been creating more things. So there is a there is a point where maybe we don't go back to the immortality of the soul when we realize that we're more connected than we imagined we stop seeing each other as competitors and we really see, hey, today you lift me up. Tomorrow, Tomorrow I'll lift you up. I'll lift you up. And vice versa. Right? Okay. Yeah. Amen to that. It's tough because we're a little heavy, so if you want to lift us up, maybe two of you. But here's the interesting thing, right? So now that we solved the world's problems almost, um, like what is, what is war good for? Because I think in the divine planning of the world, you can kind of say, you know what? This war is a failure, is a problem. Yes, it all to all of that, right? These are choices that were made and they're helpful. 
But is there something that we can learn from war? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, war, it, to me, is it's a clear indication that there's something been bubbling inside of us for a long time. Because it, people would never give in to something. I, I really, truly believe that. Maybe I'm too optimistic about human nature, but I can't imagine that people would be willing to destroy without some something that's going on inside. So people push down, push down, push down, push down, and eventually <clears throat> that... Um, that surfaces mm -hmm. some way. So, so if it comes to that point, if it's really a war, that's the time to look inside and say, how, how did it come to this? It's uh, a good point. Like nobody wakes up and says, you know, I had a wonderful day yesterday. I'm not going to go to war today. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to kill a bunch well, of people. We're going to pick out today, right? Like, so I think you got a, a really there, great point. But there are some, there are some societal benefits there are. sometimes with war. For example, penicillin. Mm -hmm. Penicillin was invented after the Second World War. Yes. Right. So there, there are a few things, but the question that I have is, would they justify all the atrocities yeah. that happened from wars? They may not, but given that they these atrocities have happened and we cannot change them, can go back. What can we do, right? And I think that we read in the wonderful and wise answer by the spirits to that question of war in the spirits book. Then war helps us, I think I'm going to just you know, paraphrase, but it helps us be aware that things are not okay and realize right. that we need to go forward faster mm -hmm. than we were before. Listen, we are moving forward as a planet, as a society. We can say that, right? I, I truly believe this, but we got to move a little bit faster, right? Because we're not making the progress that we give ourselves credit for. There's a lot to change. I think we, we've made, and we're still making a lot of technological progress everywhere. The area that we're not making a lot of progress is when it comes to ethics and morals and those things. On the application I think still, of the knowledge. On the application of the knowledge, yeah. So, which is great that we have all these inventions that are enabling us to, for example, sit here and have a conversation and that being broadcasted, you know, tomorrow with the entire world, which is awesome. But what are some of the things that we can leverage the technology to make not only us better, but humanity better overall? That's a great question. I think that as we approach the beginning of the end, no, episodes, it goes fast. It goes fast. Um, I think it's great for us to start thinking about that. Like, so what kind of actions, what kind of takeaways do we take with us from these situations, and how can each one of us um, make, a, make difference? a difference? Right. Yeah, I go back. I go back to what I, I said because I think that it's so easy to to think and to assume and that war is someone else's problem. You know, I think that, and we were also talking about this a little earlier today. Sometimes it's necessary for things to get this horrific right. to be able to kind of catch our attention and stimulate us to, to, to do more, you know? So out of these horrible things, agreements uh, happen, people are mobilized at the administration, governmental level, but we, we need to, to also be shaken and take responsibility and seek to do our part, whether it is, um, you know, working, I mean, one of the the, the greatest things uh, that we can do in this lifetime is to become better at relating. So, you know, how do we do that, right? 
So with inner work, with self-knowledge, understanding of like, you know, I'm angry. I want to kill this person. So you have to be curious about what is beneath the anger, what is fueling that anger. So start to, to be curious, to ask questions, to be proactive, to take responsibility. And as much as possible, um, try not to be someone who is uh, fomenting uh, the war, you know, uh, be the end of it. Don't, don't fuel conversations that bring separation, that brings more hostility. So those are small but not such small things that I think we can start doing. Because people get very anxious about like, you know, what can I do, you know? And they feel very powerless, but it's not true. We do have power. There are things that we can do. Right. And I, you know, I'm not going to hand much that. I'm 100% in agreement with you. And I think that's how you act locally, right? I think that, um, you know, peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the resolution of conflict, right? In a yeah, way that's that, great. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about also not addressing the issues or not talking with people about the challenges we have. That's negligence. That's right? not that's peace. Negligence. Yeah. That's a great point, right? But it's, it's, it's coming together and realizing that we do have individual work on conflict resolution, communication, and all the stuff that we need to do because clearly it's not working out great, right? Yeah. Um, and before I pass it on to Flavio, I should have said this a long time ago. I want to do a shout out to Renan out in the UK. I was in the UK doing a hey talk there. in Bournemouth. Renan, thanks for visiting us. Like south, um, southwestern UK. I get a listener from Spiritus Conversation that wants to come and say hello. Oh, great! <laughs> um, you know, he came out. He came by and he said hello. And then you know what the first question he asked me was after that? Yeah. Is Flavio really always that loud? <laughs> and I said yes. You should see how we have to edit his audio level. So they, you're very not loud at all. So, um, so thank you, Renata, for calling that, bringing that to it. Maybe Renata called me to ask me not to be loud today. <laughs> so Renata, big shout out to you. Thanks for listening and, and watching us. We have one follower. Yay! We're getting there. Other, other than your mom. Other than my mom. Well, she's yeah. falling from the spiritual, spiritual world. But uh, I, I like to say that for us parents... We have to make sure that we are properly educating our kids, as I said before, to embrace diversity. Because if we don't do that, they'll never end. There's a small conflict at home, maybe in our neighborhoods, maybe a bullying in school because somebody else is different in school than they are, than we are. If we don't do that, if we don't start in our bases, in our homes, the world's not going to change. Yeah, we cannot change what's happening in the Middle East right now or what's happening you know, in Ukraine and, and Russia. That's way too, we're far too removed from that. But we have to start changing ourselves. When we look, for example, at situations that sometimes are tainting towards one side versus another, let's take a step. Hang on, hang on. Let's look at this from a, from a both, both sides perspective. Try to find, you know, information that really can compare notes on both sides. Because war, nobody, nobody wins. You may believe you win, but you also lose. So nobody's right. That's another point, right? Nobody's ever right. Because doing something wrong, right? Something something wrong is done to you does not give you the right to do something wrong to somebody else, right? Two wrongs, I guess what I'm trying to say is two wrongs doesn't make a right. So that's what I like to call out.
And and to follow on what, what you're saying, and also what Susanna was saying, you know, being curious and being open, we have a lot of opinions. I mean, we we have an oh, an opinion about everything, really. And uh, it's about having opinions. Yeah, right. And th those opinions are, are really a way of shutting down curiosity, because I think this is the way this 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 side should win in the war, or these people are right and those people are wrong, and really not knowing about that that really shuts us down mm -hmm. uh, from learning about ourselves, and uh, and also from remaining curious. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe a great place to end our conversation there. But before we do that, Henry, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's your first that. time with us. Yes. We love having you. We appreciate your your thoughtfulness and your great energy you bring to all conversations, even though we don't always record them. Um, and for the beautiful music and art that you come and the, the thoughtful, you know, um, intentional uh, thinking that you often do when it comes to religion, things in general. So with that in mind, tell us a little bit about where uh, where folks can find you if they want to know more about you. Because I'm sure you're going to love the attention. Find me. All of our thousands <laughs> of followers are going to go after you now. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not on any social media, so I, I wouldn't know how. Um, okay. Contact you. <laughs> Contact them. Okay. Let us know. We can, we can, we can, we can get through, Edward. Yes. They'll, they'll figure out where I am. You'll figure out where I am. <laughs> um, thanks for being with us. Thank you for inviting and me. Thank you, uh, Flavio and Susanna, for a wonderful seven years of impromptu, infrequent, yeah. but unscripted, uh, unscripted, scripted, and off the cuff. The it's working learning, out. Right? It's working out. Listen, we have no plans for world domination. We are not trying to crank out stuff on that schedule because it doesn't always happen that way. These are meant to be real conversations for important topics. And if you did like, uh, and you want to part, be part of our conversation, you can follow us on YouTube. You can follow, uh, you know, listen to as a podcast on whatever podcast platform you like best when you're driving, when you are you know, walking the dog or what have you. And of course, you can follow us on social media as well. We just want to thank you for, for being there. And if you want to know more about different things that we do, connect with us. Again, thanks for being here. We also want to give a shout out to our friend, Marcelo, today. Yeah, yeah Marcelo! We basically co-opted to last minute to help us figure this thing out. So thank you so very much, sir, um, for, for being with us and helping uh, behind the scenes figure things out. Thanks, everybody. This has been a Spiritus Institute production. <laughs> we hope that you've enjoyed it. Check us out, and, and we hope to see you in the next conversation. And thank you to our sponsors, you. whenever they come. Bye. <laughs>